Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we are now introduced to you twice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think it's good that we identify ourselves, though, because some people, you know, they may not recognize the voice well enough to know what's coming from what. And since we do this in stereo... I'm on the left. And I'm on the right. All right. So, you know, they, they, they know which voice they're hearing is which. So I'm okay is with that. Is that accurate? Am I to the left of you? You, you are. I, it depends on how you... I'm, I'm assuming that anybody viewing us would be viewing us from this angle. I gotcha. And I'm pointing to, to my left. To the wall of the basement. Uh, Sheldon's right on the wall of the basement. So if, if there they was, were to tunnel If there was the an audience, yard. that's where they would be coming from. I love it. So I put us in that, in that frame of reference. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just an apology right away. We, we just uploaded a really ridiculous uh, uh, Insta story because neither one of us really know how to do it, which yes. makes us sound really old. But it's not that. It's just that I don't care. No, we are old. I want to embrace <laughs> this because I need somebody to show me how to Instagram. See, here's the thing, though. You just said we are old. Our frame of reference for old is entirely different because you being mostly... Like, I would say that a lot of your leisure time, your whatever, is, is formed by sports, okay? Yes. So, in sports, you get old very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm for me, at retirement age, for sure. Exactly. For me, I'm a musician. Old for me is like 80, 90 years old, like guys <laughs> like Les Paul and B.B. Oh, King who yeah. were doing it until the day they died kind of people. So, old for me is just a totally different paradigm than I think it is for most people in, in your frame of reference, for so example. a guy at work has <laughs> diagnosed me in a way that not very many people have. All right. He said, Sheldon has the mentality of a 65-year-old and the eating habits of a five-year-old. I thought that was pretty accurate. <laughs> I can see that. I love Swedish fish. Yes. I love, you know, anything that a five-year-old would love. Pizza, hot dogs, all anything like that. Yes. I love it. All and the childish also, foods. Also, I'm incredibly suspicious of the government. <laughs> I don't really like people bothering my personal property. I don't like them touching my car. I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm generally distrustful of the news <laughs> and the way things are going. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. Have I mentioned this before? Are, are we really, am I repeating myself? Did I mention anything about the three language sign on here? No, okay. not on the podcast. Okay, you but told, you know. Okay. You told me so this. So I know this is terrible, and I know it is, and my wife didn't appreciate when I told her, but I told Sheldon, and he thought it was funny, so I'll share it with you guys. So everybody's seen, ever since President Trump was, was campaigning, there's been a three-language sign <clears throat> that has been posted in people's signs, and one is in Arabic, one is in English, well, one is in Spanish, and one is in English. Yep. So, and it says something about, you know, basically no matter where you're from, what nationality you are, you know, again, it's not a bad you sentiment. You are welcome yeah, here. Yeah, you're welcome here. You're my neighbor. And, and I thought, how funny would it be to make one exactly like that, have all three of those languages, 
but then have it say "Get off my lawn." Have that be have that be the thing that it says in those three languages. Or uh, no trespassing. Yeah, or a little a little shout out to Gavin McGinnis for for that one. But I just thought that would be really hysterical. Um, my wife didn't think it was so funny, and I'm sure some people will say I'm racist for saying it, but it's funny. It is just funny. It just straight up is. <laughs> But anyway, um, I'm an equal opportunity offender. You know, all three of those nationalities, I would put get off my lawn on there. So it doesn't yes. matter. I'd like to just put it up in English. Yeah. But yeah, but, I, I thought that would be really funny uh, to, to put that up and just see how many people noticed and what their reaction. So uh, we were we were talking a little bit about the things we don't understand. And I, I was personally of the feeling that it has somehow morphed over into us uh, feeding that old man side of generally complaining about mm-hmm. things. <laughs> so uh, we decided to transition a little bit here with the show. If you'll notice, this show episode doesn't give you a season. And that's because when we first started this, um, we had recorded 10 episodes over seven or eight months. And we were pretty sure that these were really hard to do. And so we had kind of stockpiled these and we had like treasured them and thought about them a lot. We were afraid of running out of things to talk about. Go figure. (laughs) So we put them out there really like hesitantly and we're like, okay, when we get to the end of these like 10 or 11, we're going to call that season one. (laughs) Then we're going to decide where we go. And in season two, you've heard us get a lot more comfortable um, talking to each other, talking to you guys, being comfortable with the format and maybe losing a bit of our our caution and, um, (laughs) I don't know, inhibitedness. We took it so seriously. I think that was part of it. We did. So, um, yes, we're not taking it as seriously anymore. So no more seasons. No, we're just going (laughs) to give it to you in episodes. That way I don't feel bad about one season being longer than the other because we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of the beginning of the things we say. Yes. Um, In January, we passed the one year of us starting to record. Right. But... Which you is know, why it seems longer to me than it's actually we been. We haven't, yeah, we haven't released anything. Like, I think our first release, and I can pull it up here, I think was in October of last year. That so sounds it's not right. Quite a, not quite a year. So let me go back to last 12 months. Our first one was in October, and we had 300 and, or no, 215 listens hmm. in our first month there in October. And just this month, we had our best month ever. So we're trending up. I'm, nice. I'm really enjoying this. Um, so And we've expanded yes. into Instagram, so that means something. <laughs> we haven't really. No, but it <laughs> we've, exists we've, now. We've created an Instagram page. It's the same as our Twitter page, TTWS Podcast. Yeah. So you can go there and you can find us Yes. <laughs> haphazardly posting content. Yes, and we're early enough in the stage that if you follow us, you're going to get a follow back. Let's just yeah, be real. I, I've just been doing that religiously. It's yeah. not because I want to creep on you. It's just because some people like to have lots of followers. Right. Plus, and they will see follow us, us on your. If they look at friends and followers, oh, oh, they can. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a bit if you got somebody scoping through your your follows, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy, this show follows him, not this guy." That's creepy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, along with the new, the not new seasons, but kind of the new format. We're going to be transitioning to a few things, but because we're going by episodes, we're not going to give like a hard break to things as we transition into it. It'll just be part of the journey. So we're going to do a a segment instead of things we don't understand. It's just going to, right now we're going to call it, did you know? (laughs) And this comes from me and Nate having like random access memory that's full of 
weird, almost useless trivia facts. Yeah, we're really great at trivia games. Or not really. Though. I'm really great at trivia games. I have to be partnered with Jess because if it goes into anything, like when I was playing, not trivia crack, but what was that show that was on your phone? Oh, all Family the time? Feud. No. The one on your phone that would ask you quiz questions. You yeah. got like 13 of them and yeah. you would get money at the end. Yeah. HQ Trivia. Oh, HQ. Oh, the real one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Is that HQ. even a thing anymore? I haven't checked recently. Yeah, I'm sure it's still going on. I don't do it anymore. Prizes. I don't know. Anyway, I really enjoyed ahead. HQ Trivia while I played it. But I had to be sitting by Jess because I could do like movies, music, random historical figures and stuff like that. And she could do like what? certain foods were and like cultural foods okay. and anything that had to do with art. Yeah. I was really bad with art and musicals, anything that was musical related. I have no sphere of reference cause I avoid them like the play. Oh, I love musicals. So, so we got to have, we got to, we're going to do a podcast entirely about musicals. Well, how is that a podcast? It's just me saying, Oh no, I hate musicals and you telling me all about musicals. But we'd have to get into the depths of why I don't the care. Why. The why of why you hate no, it. But I don't it, want to talk about it now. No, no, no. Nah, I don't want to talk about it now. It bothers me. People bursting into yeah, song. I don't want to talk about it now. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, yeah. so for our first, <laughs> our first did, did you, know, you know, what do you got for me? Okay. Did you know that one of the founders of the libertarian movement was the daughter of Laura Ingalls Wilder? No, I did not know that. At first, I had this wrong. I thought that Ayn Rand was somehow related to her. She was not. Which um, would have been awesome. Which would have been Awesome, but Ayn Rand was not from nearly the same part of the world. No, Gene Poole so, or anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but Rose Wilder Lane, who is mentioned in the books, uh, went on in the early 40s to um, write a couple works. Um, but one of them was came out about the same time of one of Ayn Rand's novel, novels. And her, the two of them, along with another woman, were like the founding mothers of the modern libertarian movement. Which is interesting that women started that. I find that very interesting. I, I find it awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. But, That's uh, what I mean. It, 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 it seems very fitting libertarian I get some, ideology. get some names to this. Where was that? I just had it up. Oh, The Discovery of Freedom was, her, was the book that she wrote. And she basically uh, raged against like the New Deal, creeping mm. socialism, social security, income taxes. Isabel Patterson was the other one. Okay. Ayn Rand, Isabel Patterson, and Rose Wilder Lane were like the founding mothers That's of the crazy. libertarian movement. And I, and and modern uh, some some forms of modern conservatism. Yeah. Basically the idea of individualism was huge, but right. she wrote a she wrote a response uh, something about social security and to a poll question in a paper she wrote a response to it and it was so strongly worded that she got a visit from like the feds to question her <laughs> motives to which she wrote another article called what is this the gestapo nice <laughs> and yeah there was a whole fbi file created on her oh i'm going to have to dig into so, that that's yeah it's a great wikipedia trail no, so that's did good. you know that one of the founders of the modern libertarian movement <laughs> was the daughter of Laura Ingalls Wilde yeah i had no idea so that's really interesting little house on the Prairie became... Yes. For those of you who don't know... Yes. And if you don't know, that's sad. You're missing out. Yeah, you or, are. You was are. Little House in the Prairie widely read outside of Christian circles? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Well, and plus then the show <laughs> happened and the show oh, yes, made it yes, huge. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
So yeah, I didn't know that, and I'm sure you guys didn't either, because I know random stuff, and that is one of the random things I did not know. So we'll just come up with one. Sometimes we'll both give one. Yeah. But for the constraints of time, yeah. just one. For All right. Today. Good deal. All right. All right. So, so what on are we to, into on, here? Uh, the topic for tonight is voting. Oh, yes. Um, yes, yes. We'll be doing a couple other topics, obviously, in the next couple of episodes. We have some <laughs> great ideas. We're getting ready to run with them. But tonight, I want to talk about voting, uh, mainly because I've been running into a lot of people that I've been finding that people are in basically three categories. I vote, and I trust that my vote matters. Mm -hmm. I vote, but I don't trust the process. I basically vote because it makes me feel good, or I've been taught that it's my civic duty. But beyond that, I pretty much just throw my vote into the wind and yeah. it flutters off somewhere. You vote when you feel like and, it, and occasionally... It and then matters. the people that are like, I don't vote. And people have a number of reasons for not voting. I don't like to break down these categories a whole lot, but we can if we want. Mm -hmm. um, but the people that don't vote are basically either the whole system is entirely corrupt. My vote doesn't matter at all, so why should I? Or I've never voted in an election that's come down to one vote, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the, the majority is going to prevail whether I vote or not. Right. Um, and the other ones where people just don't want to be associated with politics at all. Or, at all. Yeah. Or they can't find anybody they agree with enough yeah. to vote for them. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to get into a little bit of like our history with voting, why, why we vote, if we vote. Do you vote? I do vote. <laughs> do you vote every time it's open? I do. Do you I do. vote in primaries, I, I did not, dumb I did elections not, in the middle of the summer? I did, not, I did not vote in our special election. Wait, we had a special election? Yes. Uh, Shoot. Which I'm trying to think if, if I was even eligible for that one because I don't know that it was... I, no, you know, I don't, think, I don't think we were even part of Ohio that was voting during that. But there was a special election for a... I forget exactly what it was. Anyway, but no, I didn't vote in that. But yeah, I, I vote in primaries. I vote, vote in <clears throat> non-presidential cycles. I vote every November. Yep. Every single one. I vote whenever the polls are open, have done so since the minute I could cast my vote. Absolutely. I was very politically minded in yes. high school. I loved the entire process Yeah, and just could not wait to yeah. go down there and cast my vote in meaningless Pennsylvania because we always voted Democrat and Democrat presidents right. all the time. Right. Now, our, our locale was very Republican, right. but <clears throat> our state always went Democrat, so I was like... When my dad was moving to Ohio, I'm like, I hate everything about this, except that my vote is finally going to matter. And now Pennsylvania in the last election was way more important than yes. Ohio. <laughs> yes. Although both were kind of surprising for a lot of people. So Yeah. I found, I found Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania as the big surprisers yeah. in this election. Yeah. And they made Ohio irrelevant. The fact yes, that they essentially. All right. Yeah. Right. Right. No, without a doubt. So, so what, was, what was your, like... So do you trust the process? Like, where do you find yourself in those three bubbles? I vote and I trust it. I vote, but I don't trust it. Or I don't vote at all. I vote and I trust it because of where I always am geographically. I've never been in a big city. I have never been in a place that was really, that really had a, a foothold one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not like I, I, I lived in Columbus or I lived in Cleveland or I lived someplace where demographics and advertising and city governments and different things like that were so skewed in one direction that it was 
had the possibility of corrupting my vote. Yeah, Worcester is a good like melting pot. Yeah. We have a liberal arts school in town. We have some very progressive politicians in our area. Right. We have some very conservative politicians. Uh, the county as a whole is quite conservative, but the city itself is a yeah. pretty good mix. Yeah, we have a we have a, <coughs> a large like millionaire population. We have a large or a, a, a reasonable population of the lower end of the scale mm-hmm. as well. So uh, all demographics are yeah. represented right here. They're all here in town. Yeah, and they were actually saying that Stark County, the neighboring county over, is a good bellwether. County, okay, and the way Star County goes is generally how the state goes because they're so rural and urban. Yeah, like their it's mix a weird within mix. the county is so good and so representative of Ohio that pretty much as Stark goes, so goes Ohio. Yeah, and Wayne isn't totally different, and I would say the city of Worcester itself is more like that. Yeah, where it's well blended. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I've always felt like my vote counted. Um, and I've I've always felt like the system. I feel like the system works for the most part. I, you know, okay. I, there there are a few things where I kind of get a little squirrely, but most of the things I have a problem with are the process of information leading up to voting. I don't gotcha. think you have to manipulate. I don't think you have to manipulate votes because you're manipulating people beforehand. Like that's gotcha. this part of the system that I have a problem with. And then of course when I look at. The issues of illegal and dead people voting. Yeah. That that becomes a problem too. But again, that's not so much a problem in my locale. That's a that's a big city and specifically a California problem. Uh in in, in that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm in the category of I vote and trust it as well, like without a doubt. For some reason I, I very much trust the entire system. I think it's because First of all, I'm, I'm, while I'm suspicious of government, I am generally trusting in people uh-huh. and in like people that I meet. And I've been to my polls. I've seen how they conduct the way they conduct business. Right. I would like to be a poll worker. This is how weird I am. Yeah. I would like to work at the polls just because they're all so much older and they're always like, oh, it's so nice to see the young people coming out and voting. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I've been voting for like 15 years. Since I was a real young people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is the matter with you? You know, I would, so, love to, I would love to know, and of course I don't think they would answer if I asked them this, but I would love to know the percentage of pollsters that are uh, progressives versus uh, conservatives, libertarians wait, or whatever. are you talking pollsters or poll workers? Poll workers is what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay, yes, gotcha. poll workers is what I meant. I would love to know the I tend to think that that demographic is mostly going to be liberal and progressive. Yeah, because they have, seem to have a lot of time off. Don't care if they get paid. <laughs> well, no, I I go from the seem well educated. Po- politics and have politics interests me in this because I enjoy politics. I I mean I hate politics in terms of the way that politics interferes with getting things done. But I'm intrigued by the process, the political process, and intrigued by sure. the process of, like, what real politics, not, like, gross politics like we see today so often. But um, I've been thinking about it lately, and for progressives, politics a lot of times is the closest thing to religion they have. They, they believe in religion like I believe in Jesus, that, that it is going to be the thing that is transformative for anybody and everybody. And so there is, this, there is a vested interest that even me loving our country and loving what the Constitution is and loving what we stand for and loving what, we're, what we aspire to be, 
I do not have the level of buy-in that they do because I don't say I don't look at this and say this is the thing that's going to be transformative for all of mankind. Whereas progressives, that is how they view it for the most part. And so there's a very different level of I feel like involvement because again, it's 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 a religious type uh, fervor fervor for yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, and again, for most conservatives, especially you don't you don't really have that. I mean, they're passionate about it, but it's not. It's not the end-all, be-all of all things. Yeah. Um, so I would tend to think that, that most poll workers are probably in that uh, liberal progressive camp. I could be wrong, but I just have a feeling that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, and I would like to work polls just because I want to see what happens before and what happens after when the yeah, polls the whole open process. and when they yeah. close. I'd really yeah. like to dig into that. Who do you that. report to? What happens yeah. to it? Yeah. yeah. Who comes and gets the machines? That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably take it way more seriously than is necessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So um, for me, I started voting in Pennsylvania on, like, paper ballots. And then we came to Ohio. We had kind of a paper ballot that transitioned into, like, the – is it Diebold system? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. like, touchscreen and mm -hmm. prints out a little paper reel as well. Yeah. So – People are immediately suspicious of a large tech company right. running the poll machines right. in, in a state like Ohio. And they're like, how do you know? Yeah. That, like, that's yeah. totally rigged and all of that. And I'm like... Yeah, it took a long time for those to be trusted. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, tablets weren't a thing yet. Smartphones weren't really a thing yet. Like, there was not really a, a window to view doing this other than like ATMs. That was the closest thing you got. And ATMs were always screwing up anyway. The reason I trust it is <coughs> unexpected outcomes. Oh yeah. And especially unexpected outcomes that put in people that you're like, there is no way the people above this position yeah. that got voted in yeah. wanted that person. Yeah. Like it was not to the advantage of the established political. Right. 2016 machine. being yeah. the example of all examples, which I think is why you see the obsession with Russian meddling. There has to be an explanation. Because for this. that's the thing. They, 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 they genuinely look at this and think, there is no way that we screwed this up this bad. I, for me, it's like, it's a pride issue. Like, there are people in the media, there are people who are, who are political commentators and pollsters, all these people, they're like, no. Like, we did all the things right, and this is not how it was supposed to be. So somebody screwed it up. Somewhere, something went wrong. Yes, and, and, and they just cannot accept that they were wrong. Yes. Like that. It was Hillary's destiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> Lord. Oh, we could really get into um, that. But yeah, okay. So, so I'm curious. Okay. When was it for you that, that you really first hit, you got, the, you got the voting fever. Like you were like, okay, it's going to be X amount of years and then I'm going to be able to vote too. Like I'm going to be able to engage in the process. Like I, do you remember like what point in your life that that really kicked in? Um, as soon as I heard the news, I, you know, was able to listen to the news yeah. at all on the radio or that kind of thing. I was intrigued by it. Uh, I've always kind of wondered if I could be president. That's been a thing for me um, because Every kid is like, I want to be president when I grow up. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I'm Canadian and American. And I'm always like, can I be president? So I was really intrigued by Ted Cruz's run. Yes. Yeah. His citizenship is very similar to mine. Right. And I was like, oh, yes, he was born to an American parent in Canada. I'm like, this is perfect. If right. he can be president, so can I. And 
pretty much everybody signed off on the idea that had he won, he could have been president. Right. So right. I feel like I'm good. But um, just reading the Constitution, I was always fascinated by the Constitution, always fascinated by limited powers and how that all worked, the three yeah. branches of government, how they stay co-equal and balanced, and, and how American power is actually spread out. It's supposed to be assigned to the people, and then the people assign limited powers to their governments. Right. And these are our powers, but we're going to allow our government to run these particular right. things while reserving the rest of this for us. Like, we're going <laughs> to, we're pretty much going to self govern, except you guys are allowed to do certain things. Right. And so I believe in a very small federal government that's basically in charge of defense and uh, interstate yeah. commerce. Maybe mail. Yeah, it's part of interstate commerce. I could I Although could I would maybe contest see it. that maybe they should just be out of it now because they've now been rendered obsolete. Sure. So Yeah, defederalizing quite a few things would be awesome. Yes. Um but yeah, a small central government, uh much more powerful state government than federal government, mm-hmm. but the federal government basically responsible for just holding the states together, interstate trade, defense of the nation, its borders. And that's it. And that's like, um, and not a whole lot else is really laid out in the constitution Mm -hmm. that you can really assign and, and, uh, forget, is it the shoot? I'm going to get my amendments wrong. So I'm not even going to say a number, but the one that reserves, I have a copy of a constitution by my rest of the powers, not enumerated in the constitution to To the the states states or to the people. Yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the most important yes. amendments that, that gets often gets ignored. ignored. Is it the 14th? No. No. Shoot, now I gave it a number. Now I'm wrong. Again, it's okay. I'll, <laughs> we'll go up and I'll get I'll yeah. get my copy of the Constitution from my next anyway. stand and we'll look at it <laughs> before this is over and we'll tweet out the correct thing. That's where it came from for me. Yeah. Um, just loving the process and also being involved in model U.S. government, model United Nations, mm. things like that, having crazy debates with our teachers. And I took it upon myself since I couldn't vote to try and influence as many votes as I possibly could because I wanted to have a voice. And so I was convinced that my ninth, ninth, 10th grade, when was I? Oh yeah. It would have been 10th grade because that's when the Bush Gore thing was. I was convinced that I had somehow influenced my 10th grade chemistry teacher to vote for Bush over Gore and then it was revealed to me later that he did not. And I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> but I, I thought I made convincing enough arguments yeah. <laughs> going into that. Like I was I was pretty political minded yeah. going going into age eighteen. So yeah. Yeah, I mean I obviously my early years being the the latter half of the Reagan pre- presidency um was was very interesting and very much politically engaging even at that stage. But I really, really remember my real real time of really... And again, for me, there was the interesting factor that I was homeschooled th- pretty much through all of, my, yeah. all of my education. So I didn't have that uh, experience in a public space like you did. I mean, other than I remember in the... In the... Uh, what would it have been? The 92 election? Whatever, whenever Clinton was elected the first time. So yeah. that would have been, what, 90? 92. 92. Um, 
I remember doing a a school voting. They did like a yeah. you know, and and Ross Perot won in uh, in the school I was in, very small country school. Uh, Ross Perot won, and uh, of course I voted for uh, Bush Senior at the time as as the incumbent. Uh, but but Rossboro won, which I think is really hilarious now in hindsight. Um, but he was right about a couple of things. He was right about a couple of things, but that was it. <laughs> and, and his his presentation was just the worst. I mean, he was just the worst. He was a terrible candidate, um, and I'm still not entirely convinced that he wasn't a a uh, a vote draw that was brought in and 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 paid off by the Clintons to come and and siphon off some significant uh, votes for uh, Bush senior. But anyway, that's, that's a whole nother topic. But that, from that moment on, I was supremely interested and engaged. So what was I nine, 10 years old, supremely engaged and interested in the process. And, Oh yeah. I remember watching election coverage and, and, Oh yeah. 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 And, and, um, and of course by the time, uh, by the time, uh, it rolled around that Clinton was running against, uh, Oh, why can't I Dole. remember his name? Yeah, Bob Dole. Thank you. I remembered Bob, but I, I, I didn't want to just say Bob and then have nothing after it. Um, I was, ex- I was, it was like I was itching to actually be voting. Like it was, it was driving me crazy. And uh, and the first time I actually got to vote, I believe was in, uh, was Kerry versus. And of course, I I was voting in in uh, in midterm elections and whatnot. But the first presidential election was uh, Kerry and uh, Bush. Bush. Yeah. And I I will never forget the feeling I had the very first time I voted in a presidential election and walking out of my polling place and just that feeling of like I contributed to whatever's going to happen here whether my guy wins or my guy loses yep. I I actually got to contribute to what was going on here and it was the best thing in the world and I still get that feeling every single stinking time I vote yeah every time. I love it. I I have gone through snowstorms to vote. Mm. I have gone through rain. I've gone through. I've voted in the middle of summer in my baseball uniform. <laughs> no softball. It was, go, I was go. in a softball uniform. I didn't have my cleats. I wore my flip flops. Yeah. And and the, and the cleats were in the car. But yeah. that that was Worcester had to do some sort of income tax vote or I don't know. Oh, there, yeah, there was yeah, a property yeah. or mm-hmm. income tax vote that they couldn't get the, through was it the, in normal yeah, election was it like times. The, was it the school levy or yeah, something like that? It was that? a special election yeah. in the middle of summer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going for this one too. Yeah. <laughs> and just so everybody knows, every time, and I'm sorry to my friends out there that are teachers, every time there is a vote to raise taxes for any reason, <laughs> I vote No. <laughs> Anytime there is a renewal of tax, I vote no. <laughs> no. Always no. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, but I vote no. There it is. My, I think it was my father-in-law. I'm trying to remember who told me this. That was basically <laughs> subscribed to, if God can work with 10%, so can the government. <laughs> and until they're down to 10, they are taking too much. <sighs> and we're just going to vote no until it's there. Yes, yes. But I'm a big... I'm a vi- I'm a big no vote all the time. Yeah, yeah. I I I find income taxes inherently unfair. I hate and, that phrase, but yes, I'll go with you on that. Not okay. Unjust. Unjust. There we go. And an invasion of privacy. Yes. I'm against income taxes not because they tax the rich more and the poor less and all that. I'm against them 
because of the invasion of privacy. Yes. I wish the government did not know anything about how much money I make or where I made it from. Right. And the fact that I have to produce receipts for private transactions drives me nuts. To to deliver to an entity that is not constitutionally allowed to exist, but because it is, quote, not a part of the federal government, it is existing, which is, of course, garbage, because we all know the IRS is part of the federal government. Yep. Um, I have all kinds of beef with the tax system and with the IRS in general and the Fed and we all can of those do one things, on but taxes. we'll do one of those on that. We're going we're gonna to do one on the Fed here at some point, uh, and we're going to do one on taxes. Yeah, I, get, I get mad on those two things. I get very angry yeah. on those two things, so I'll try to keep it together once we get there. But, but I'm, I'm, not an always, <laughs> I'm not an always no vote. I didn't know if we would get into like how we vote or, at all. Uh, I don't but, care. Yeah, we're here. I've, so, I've kicked I'm open that box. I'm not an always so. no vote. Jess is. I'm not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Shoot, I shouldn't reveal how my wife I am. votes yeah, without yeah, her permission. You know. No, I am. I am. I, again, for me, it's just on principle because I know that there are certain things that are going to pass regardless, have and you, they don't need my vote. Have you and your wife ever agreed to cancel each other's vote out on a particular issue you're conflicted enough about the issue that one of you votes one way and one votes the other and then no 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 you always agree on your votes ahead of time no we don't talk about it you don't talk about what unless, she does and unless she kayla has a specific question about a local or because th- again i'm more of a researcher and she is not so if she has a question about specific candidates or whatever, I will answer those questions. But never once have I have I said, hey, we need to vote. Uh, again, uh, but I do tell her, hey, if there, there's a new tax that's up or they're trying to renew a tax, I'm like, vote no. Vote no on that. I, Interesting. I, I, I ask okay, her to vote so no on that. I don't tell don't, her to, but I tell her what I'm doing. You don't take it upon yourself to influence other people's votes. In other words, like I duplicate don't, your vote. I don't take it upon myself to, to do that with issues. I take it upon myself to do that with candidates. Uh, we talk about candidates a lot, um, and I remember, you know, the last year that Ron Paul uh, ran for president, I was, I mean, I was going hardcore trying to, and I convinced more than several people uh, to vote for him in Ohio's primary, yep. and I was very proud of that fact. Um, so, yeah, I have no problem trying to influence somebody who is unsure about a candidate or is on the opposite end of me, but again, as it goes with Kayla, there's really not that hotly debate. I mean, she was not big on voting even until we got married. Like once my, my apparently my fixation with the political process uh, and the governmental process kind of bled over to her a little bit. Like she never really cared about it until I, I mean, she, I'm sure she voted, but it wasn't, it wasn't really like a thing for her. So why do you think people vote if they don't think it matters? What's the point? Because of I don't, if I don't think matter? anybody votes who doesn't think it matters. I That's think, not true. I think the people, people respond to the poll. But I think people who say that are are lying to themselves to some degree, because the people who really don't think their vote matters just don't vote. Why would you go out? Why would you be a part of the process? Why would you stand in a line? Why would you inconvenience yourself? Like you have to think that something. You're, now again, I know some people who vote and they only vote on local issues and they don't vote nationally because they say, "Well, my vote doesn't count there." Um, or they go and they vote and they only vote purely on principle and say, well, I'm going to write in, you know, so-and-so because they're the perfect one and they're the one I want. Do I think that's throwing your vote away? No, I think that's making your voice heard. But I don't think it's counting towards the process either. Yeah, Mickey Mouse gets votes in every yeah, election. every election. So, so I don't really believe that somebody who thinks their vote is completely useless 
I think they're being more cynical than they actually are to say that if they actually are still voting. Now, if you if you would say to me, my vote doesn't count, so I don't vote at all. I don't even go. I would believe you. Yeah. But but your actions have to kind of back up uh, the lip service on that one to me. So again, I'm not trying to call anybody a liar outright, but I think if you really, those of you out there who voted and said uh, that, uh, what, what were the questions on our poll again? You vote and you trust it, yeah. or you vote, but you don't trust it. Yeah. Or you don't vote at all. Yeah. So for those of you who say you vote and you don't trust it, I I, I just don't believe that you really believe that. I, I either, think you think that, you but don't I don't know that trust you really it, believe it. Or you don't, or, or you do. Yeah. Uh, if you don't trust it, why are you voting? Right, at all. So I generally think that most peop- more people trust the process than like to admit that, that they trust the process. Um, and everybody thinks the process is rigged whenever they're candidate. Well, no, I'm lying. I'm lying about that because I can get into the whole thing of the Electoral College and how conservatives always love the Electoral College, but every time we win the Electoral College and don't win the popular vote, then all of a sudden it needs to be abolished because it's the most evil thing in the world. Uh, but that's always by progressives that are calling for that as opposed to conservatives when it goes the other direction. I've heard conservatives call for the abolishment of the Electoral College. I'm like, why? That's ridiculous. Okay, my beef with voting, the part of the process that I do not trust okay. is primaries. Okay. I have a solution for primaries, and that is the federal government says, listen, here, you states, for presidents, that's a federal office. So okay. we are going to tell you when you're going to have your presidential primary, and you are all having it on the same day. Because, <clears throat> frankly... No one cares who Iowa wants for president. No. I do not care. The nation does not Clearly care. Clearly does not care anymore. And neither does New Hampshire. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter which of you is first, and you keep moving your dates around to try and be the first one. And no, it doesn't matter. Iowa has it in their constitution that they have to be first in the vote thing. So no matter, as soon as somebody sets a date constitutionally, they're mandated to change their date. That is Garbage. Yeah, it's straight stupid. hot garbage. You are voting on a federal candidate. There's no reason that Ohio and Pennsylvania and Florida and some of these states that are going to decide the presidency are not the ones that decide the presidential candidates. That's yeah. garbage. And, and the fact that California doesn't ever get a say in who the, <laughs> in who the candidates are, and they're the most populous state, Texas never gets a say. Yeah. And who the candidates are that we get to choose from. And then everybody runs around at election time. Oh, we never have any good candidates. <laughs> Why do we never have any good candidates? Because you got a bunch of brain dead morons in Iowa that keep picking them. <laughs> and nobody cares what Iowa thinks. I'm convinced that those people are completely, they've completely lost it. Everybody in Iowa and New Hampshire and, and whoever the first couple states are that pick these candidates, that's where it's lost. Those are the people that have no clue what they're doing and have no business voting in a federal you know, election. I, I would love to I would love to get into the details of how that all came to be because I really don't know. It's I've, state I've, by state. Yeah, but I've never looked into how it became okay for like why there's no uniformity the in the process. The federal government has got to abolish caucuses. <laughs> they have got to make it a vote thing and it's all got to happen on the same day. I would agree with that. I don't see how that's and and you and it doesn't what? and it doesn't violate anybody's and You know what? I'm glad the Democratic Party is quote unquote doing away with superdelegates. Yes. I did see they're gonna do that because superdelegates exist for no other reason than to rig the process. Right. And they're you, the only ones who have them. And they rig the vote. 
I'm like, so every Democratic candidate has been rigged into office by superdelegates of the party that are like, we bless this candidate. Yeah. Be, no matter what the people right. decided, we choose. Right. And there's no way that the people can, in a, in a hotly contested election like the Sanders-Clinton yeah. one, there's no way that the people have a real voice. Right. Because the superdelegates. Right. It was garbage. Right. Bernie, Bernie fans have every right to be jilted Without and every right to be angry. And Without I've a seen a couple of them. Um, and I'll give Trenton a shout out here. I love <laughs> Trenton's about face the way he went. He went from like Bernie bro to like libertarian guy so fast. And and I I, I, I didn't get to dive into it too much with him, but I have seen that more than once. Yeah. Where people were on the Bernie train and they realize, oh, yeah. Um, wow, the process is really evil. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't like a lot of things about the government now in a way. <laughs> now I'm not looking to the government to give me everything. I actually right. want to fight the government right. a little bit. Well, and I, I think there's... <clears throat> <laughs> there's a reason socialist movements have their roots in very young people. Who don't have... Who a, don't have anything and don't contribute to anything and don't know anything. They well, only know what they... Okay. In the sense that they know what they've they, been told... They know what they want. They know what they want, and that's it. Okay, so I wanted, when I was 18, I wanted desperately to vote. Yes. And I don't understand why more young people don't vote. They seem politically motivated, and they're always tweeting about political things, but then they never end up voting. I don't, I, I you know, don't get so, it. But that's also one of the weird things to me because I know people who are really vocal politically who don't vote and have never voted. Okay, like, that's the other thing I want to institute. Like, how do you get to... Right now, if I'm dictator of the world and I can clap <laughs> my hands and make anything happen, anybody who doesn't vote does not get to say anything bad about anyone in power. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. If you're not political enough to vote, I don't want your opinion on any of the candidates. I've legitimately asked people like that before getting about that before getting into political debates. I would say, "Did you vote?" And if they say no, I'm like, "Oh, we're not going to talk about this then because it doesn't matter." Yeah. Because because legitimately, you didn't decide who was in there, so you don't get to whine about right. it after the fact. Nor did you have enough interest to even try to decide who was in there. Yeah. Now, I uh, you know, I don't want to hear the opinions of the people that don't vote, but I also don't want people who aren't informed at all voting. Yeah. If you're not informed at all, why are you even bothering going down there? If yeah. it's nothing that bothers your everyday life and you don't care enough to even investigate the candidates, then don't go yeah. down there. So I'm curious, I'm curious about, since we are talking a little bit about our voting habits too, what is your, what is your main criteria for, for voting for a candidate, say on, a, on the federal level, so specifically okay. for president? Because obviously we never get all that we want in any presidential candidate. This I would mean, apply, my, my <laughs> litmus test is applied universally from federal. I don't differentiate between federal, state, and local candidates. Okay. I want the candidate that will make me the most free. Okay. Period. I, 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 free. Have, I have the same stance. Like, but can you it, loosen a chain yeah. somewhere? <laughs> and this guy's going to loosen these chains. This guy's going to loosen these ones. Which ones are the bigger deal to me? Yeah. The, I've always, my stance is similar, but mine is always, who is going to leave me alone the most? Sure. That is I how I, that is, that yeah, that's too. how I typically think of it. Because again, there are certain things that I, I'm not one of these people who think that the presidency is all powerful and changes everything because it just doesn't work that way. And President Obama's presidency was a perfect example of why that doesn't work because he did all these executive things. 
that yeah. before they even had a chance to go into effect, some of them did, but some of them that didn't even have a chance to go into effect before Trump got elected and started undoing them all by executive order, because you can do that. Like, that's how it works. If I was convinced that John Kerry would have gotten rid of the Patriot Act, yes, would have taken a hammer to several government institutions mm-hmm. and said, listen, uh, these have been abused by the Bush administration. We're going we're gonna to bring this into check, blah, blah, blah. I would have voted for him. Yep. It's not that I'm going to vote Democrat, Republican regardless. Right. I, you know, if, if either of them would have told me that they were going to get rid of the Patriot Act or in some way made people more free, like enacted policies that were going to make people more free, I would have voted for them. Yeah. Bernie and that type of thing is is compelling uh, on a number of levels where he wants to tear down certain government institutions. But what he wants to put into motion is so huge and going to consume so much of my life that I'm like, yeah, you're going to free me up a little bit in these areas, but you're going to bludgeon me to death right. with huge right. debt, huge responsibilities. Well, that and that's gonna... and that's the thing with somebody like Bernie is they use really big generalizations. Sure. To talk about, you know, the 1% and everybody else. Well, the problem is everybody else is not a monolith. Yep. Like, it's not... Neither it's are not, the 1%. Yeah. And, and, and so even though there are... You can divide along those that, that you know, uh, that... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, binary line between the 1% and the 99%. That is not... You can't actually do that because, yeah, what Bernie's policies are going to affect me way more... Then they're going to affect in the long a, run. In the long, well, even in the short term, yeah. are going to affect me way more than they are some kid who's in college or just coming out of college. They're going to affect us both, but totally differently because I'm going to be the one paying for all that crap. Yeah, and they're going to be the ones. Yeah, this is great. This is awesome. I don't have to do any of this, uh, and and so when you look at it as a monolith, it's it's kind of sleight of hand. Like you have to actually take. I'm not big on classes, but you have to take brackets at least into account and what they're actually contributing to the economy, what they're drawing on the economy, and and go from that. And again, it's just, it's such a it's such a a moron's understanding of economy <laughs> to try to to try to argue socialism the way Bernie does. And, and you know what? I think he is sincere, but Bernie doesn't know anything. If you look at that man's history, if you look at that, he never had a job until he held public office. Uh, the ones that he was responsible for, he also bankrupted. Yes. So, so there, is, there is no track record by any means why anybody should be listening to Bernie Sanders. He has not done anything in life nor in politics to give him the kind of voice and following so that he has. I also, I also would vote for the more anti-war of the candidates if I actually believed in it. So, I, so like, Obama's most compelling things to me were, like, the peace with other countries and blah, blah, blah. Yes. What Obama didn't give us was peace with other countries and right. not bombing people. Right. I mean, he bombed the heck out of Libya. He loved going to war in Syria yeah. and, and having a clandestine war over there. Yeah. Uh, you know, couldn't control ISIS and well, the whole thing if you got really, out of hand. If you really get into it, we created ISIS with during the Arab Spring when we started arming the sure. so-called... the Arab Spring, I, I would completely put at Obama's <coughs> doorstep and, and bad handling of it. Yeah. Like, I, I would... I don't want optimists in the presidency. I want a realist or a pessimist in the presidency because the optimist Calvin Coolidge type. <laughs> the optimists are gonna are gonna be optimistic right up to the point where somebody comes up behind them and puts a bullet in the back of their head, figuratively, of course. Yeah. Sometimes literally, but mostly you want figuratively. somebody on a defensive. Yeah, frame. I, I, 
I do not want somebody who is optimistically naive as as the commander in chief of of our military and as as the leader of our country. I, I just do. don't. I want. I will vote for whoever's going to make me more free. Yes. And whoever is going to not get us into every little war yeah. around the world. Yeah, I'm big on non-intervention. Um, I, I I tend towards almost isolationist in my view of how we should be. Uh, participating in in world affairs. I'm, I'm almost isolationist defensively, but not economically. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. But yeah, I'm talking in terms of military action. Um, you know, I mean, you could solve the whole border thing tomorrow if you just say, "Hey, we're going to take all of our active military bases all over the world. We're going to shut them down, and we're bringing them all stateside. And their job is going to be to patrol the borders." <laughs> And, and guard, us, guard us from enemies without. Yes, yes. Uh, and let the local and state police forces take care of enemies within. Yes. Maybe the FBI. I'm not or the National the Guard. Ah, that'd be a good I'd use. actually be a big, big fan of the National Guard. Oh, we we have to get into what I my my thoughts on police forces as well at some point. Not oh, tonight. Goody. Not tonight. Yes, but we'll stick to yeah. voting. Well, we'll stick to voting. So, okay. Yeah, we went through our litmus test for who we, how we vote. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we were. I was trying to trace back that bunny trail that yeah. we traveled but down yeah, so quickly. But I'll, but I'll admit, um, Obama wasn't almost for me. And not in terms of, like, once it really got into the campaign, uh, he he started pulling away from a lot of the things that I, I would have voted yeah. for him for. Uh, but when I was first hearing him give some speeches, I was first hearing him kind of giving his pitch as to why he should be. I mean, like you said, he was very, he was he was coming down hard on immigration. He was coming down hard on uh, um you know, war. He was coming to, on a lot of things where I'm like, mm, and I, he seems socially conservative at yes, the beginning because the beginning. he was uh, he was for what marriage between a man and right. woman. He was he, he was he's like he was he was a blank canvas at the beginning of his campaign. Yep. Uh, that you and and again, he was a likable dude. I mean, he he was well spoken. He was well put together. He had a great family. Like, what was not to like about him? You know, it's like all the all he he ticked all these great boxes, but then the more he spoke, I started to realize. That he wasn't I still think actually. He would be a fun, fun hang. Like, yeah. It'd be great to hang yeah. out with Obama. But I'm, no problem. But I, the more he spoke, the more I'm like, this guy is not actually saying anything. I started to realize he was not actually saying anything. He was talking a lot, but there was, there was never any substance. There was never any. And here's how it was. Here's what I would like to do. Okay, how? Like, what? What does that look like? What does that mean? And then once he actually got in office, it just became. A mess. And what's the big, huge conflict that Trump has gotten us into? Yeah. Somebody tell <laughs> Name me that it. one. Name one. All, all you anti-war people out there. Name me one. Uh, that, that voted for Obama twice. Please tell me how Trump has been worse than <clears throat> Obama in that regard. <laughs> I would love to hear yes. it because there is a trail of dead bodies behind Obama and that you cannot run away from. No, no, and, you can't. And, 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 Trump, and, I, and I would make the argument that in a lot of Trump ways... Trump has been the most anti-war candidate that I have... In my lifetime. The most anti-war president as yeah. far as how he has presided and the results yeah. that have come from it. So far. Yeah, so, so far. far. I mean, you know, if he's in for eight years, will we see a massive conflict at some point? Who knows? I don't know. I doubt it. I, I do. I doubt it right now. Because I don't think anybody's going to want to... Nobody wants to screw with somebody they know is well-armed. 
in any sense. And slightly, just nuts enough to go after Yes, you. and, and just, just that slight bit of crazy. And everybody has that guy. Y'all have that crazy aunt or uncle that, you know, like you love them and they're awesome, but you also know it wouldn't take much to push them over the edge into... Oh, you, you know your people that you kind of keep at arm's length, but if you were riding into battle, they're your first yeah, call. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be going to their house, <laughs> without a doubt. No, but... It, yeah. Yeah. So, so let me, let me ask you this. Cause I, I do have a story about this. Uh, obviously there were very, very visceral reactions to, uh, Trump's election. Yeah. Uh, from progressives from the left. Um, even, you know, some of the never Trumpers on the right has there, was there ever an election that, that emotionally affected you beyond anger or beyond frustration? Uh, that you that you ever participated in that you voted in, um, not that I participated in, but the 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 Gore Bush saga and the way that drug on, and yeah. we didn't have a president by Christmas. That was emotionally draining. Yeah, it was. I, and I I would blame the combination of that and nine eleven. I think are the reason we have a twenty four hour news cycle now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those two things were the things that kicked that off. I didn't even know there was news radio until my dad was scanning the AM dial trying to find <laughs> something that would hourly tell us right. what the count what was, was going in on. Florida. Oh yeah, and yeah, that was insane. What a time to be alive. Oh man, that was crazy. I remember that going to bed that night and thinking, oh, I'll see in the morning who's president, and we still didn't know. Yeah, and on and on it drug, just on and on, and and again, I I did think it was funny that when when the Supreme Court finally for the people that don't vote, did that election change anything for you? Yeah, <laughs> that's a curious. Um, did it change anything for me? For the people that didn't vote, oh, for them, did yes. it? Yes, because I would have to believe that there are people that didn't vote before that election that were like. Okay, obviously votes matter. Right. But, but also there are the people who say, well, votes didn't matter because the, the courts ended up deciding it. Well, yeah, but that's how it's supposed to work. Like that's – everybody wanted to say that it was stolen. And I'm like, no, like we had a winner in Florida, but it was just being contested over and over and over and over again. And there was – they were always coming to the same result. Yeah, the numbers were changing one yeah. way or the other, but still it was coming out that Bush took Florida. And so it got to the point where the court like did their job and said, this has gone on long enough. This needs to be done. And, uh, and again, I, I look at it very much as you're seeing the parallels now in a lot of ways in, with the way the Mueller investigation has gone in that it's diverted from its original mandate and it's been allowed to divert from its original mandate. And it's just turning into a witch hunt. And that is what Florida was going to be. Like, they were going to just keep counting forever and draw out the process for as long as possible. And I kind of feel like that's a lot of what's starting to go on with, with the Mueller investigation. Uh, but, yeah, that one was the first one where I was just, like, I felt emotionally drained by it. Um, but for me, Obama's second election really affected me um, because... I'd watched the lead up to this and I watched even President Obama. I watched him in those last couple uh, months of campaigning and he was clearly weary from, from just from the campaign in general. I mean, cause I think any, any president having to be the president and trying to campaign for reelection has to be unbelievably exhausting, but you could see it in the man's eyes that he genuinely did not believe that he was going to win reelection. Like you could just you could see it on him. There was just something in his carriage that sparkle that he, that spark and that kick that he got from campaigning just wasn't there anymore. Like there was a clear weariness on him, 
um, that you didn't see from uh, from the the Romney camp at the time, and and looking at it, and 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 I think part of it was how much Romney was demonized, which regardless of of there were a lot of policy issues that I had with with Romney, and there were a lot of things I didn't like about him, but to to make the argument that he was somehow this evil, like unbelievable to really like try to make that and and have it stick. Yeah. And so for me when when he lost and when he lost as badly as he did there were two things that hit me. One that 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 the press and the media could so smear somebody who had such a great track record and had no skeletons in their closet and had nothing but clean living on their on their life, you yeah. know, if they could drag somebody like that through the mud who fought clean the entire campaign even when he should have gotten down in the mud a couple of times if they could demonize him to that effect like i i had this point of like okay how do we have any hope of ever putting forward somebody's actual merit you know like let these guys run against each other on their own merit don't don't they don't need help let them be who they are and let's see it but also looking at my favorite was the binders full of uh, women yes and how that just over and over kept being repeated. And they kept saying it till it sounded stupid, yeah. but it didn't sound stupid at first. No. He was talking about like literal yeah. binders that he has of candidates that yeah. he's of yeah. people that he's promoted. Which was nothing wrong with but, but, but you take it out of context and you make it something it's not. Yeah. Um, but I I there was also the part of me where I thought to myself, why did we why would we reelect President Obama? Like what had he done? In those four years, to actually give I a actually reason, I actually understood the first election of Obama. I got Without it. You were against McCain, but it was he hope- wasn't it a was compelling hopeful. candidate. It was a, it was potential, and it was hopeful. It was hopeful, and there was a real emotion in me, like seeing the first black president. Yeah, I thought that was really without cool. a doubt. Yeah. I was over it by the time the inauguration was over, but yeah, without a doubt, the yeah. minute policy started going into place, I was just like, oh my goodness, no. But yeah, I had that same thing initially, yeah. but but I. I just there was a part of me where I'm like, how how does the majority of America want this man after seeing what he's done for four years in policy? How how do we reelect him as a people? And yeah, I and I remember I, it was it was the next day. I we were we were having our Wednesday rehearsals uh, at the church for uh, just our band and whatnot. And I, as we were going, I was literally like, I could feel myself like fighting tears even. Like I was just getting literally choked up trying to. <laughs> so we got done. I went home. Kayla was sitting on the couch. I literally walked in the door, laid in her lap and cried for an hour. <laughs> but again, it wasn't in the sense that I'm seeing people reacting to Trump where it's just like the end of the world. It was just, it was genuine sorrow. Like how... How did this happen? Like, what what has changed in America that this has just happened? That we could smear a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and it was just all. And I think it was the emotion of it leading up to it. But I did. I literally, I just laid in her lap and cried for an hour because it just was so. I think I hear your son. But is he crying? Thought maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but that was that was a severe. We'll emotional experience for him. yes we will check on him we will check on him yeah so um yeah for me i've never had that level of emotion or attachment to it the government doesn't affect my life enough that right. i really 
I, I don't say that I care on that level. I'm interested in it in the same way that I'm interested in sports, but mm. in a way that, like, it's going to mean something to my kids, so it carries a right. little bit more weight. And I think that election, I felt like there was just so much on the line, like with the Affordable Care Act and all these things that were coming into play that I looked at and I'm like, this is going to negatively affect more than it's going to positively affect. Um, I think that was part of it, too, because I looked at it down the line and like, what does this mean? And I didn't have kids at the time, but I'm like, what does this mean for those who are coming after us? What have we done to those who are coming after us? So I haven't voted in like quite a few elections because my kids do it for me. I go in with them and I take them to the polling place and I hold them, you know, while they were small, I could hold them up in front of the machine Press that one, press this one, press that one. <laughs> I haven't actually pressed the buttons in years. so That would be interesting. And Yeah, you take them right in there with you, and you just stand there at the machine with them. Yeah. And you let them push the buttons, and, and they get the whole experience. Like they get the stickers. Take your like, kids. I feel like Strong would be a little young to do that yet because yeah, he'd be as too distracted. As, as soon as you feel like you can take them, like I took them when they were young. I'd walk in there and just be like, okay, press that one. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, nope other one and they'll like i really like that. it's really good i have to do that especially since in ohio it's touchscreen they get the stick right. in the car right and, it's and like, like playing a little game yeah i haven't i haven't actually touched a voting machine in years <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> I, i'm always like hey you guys want to go vote and the kids are like yeah, yeah. they love it i love so, that that's good yeah that's it's good. a lot of fun i'm always looking to duplicate my vote though yes so well you there know. are quite a few people that come to me for like voter cards and stuff like hey you know how would you put together a voter card and then they would go off of that or make right, their own off right. of that. And yeah. Yeah. There's a couple text messages that I always get at election time. <laughs> I get a few. What, what a few do you got? And I'm like, send yeah. it back. Cause what and why? I've paid attention. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I'll research my local ones and the ones I don't know I don't vote on. Don't vote on, right. So. You just move on and don't. I also don't vote for the guy that's running uncontested. Yeah. In I don't either. I don't it either. It should be a contest. And if yeah. it's not a contest, no, you don't get my vote yeah. for free. Yeah. It, it, I only do if I actually know the candidate. Yeah. Like, I know what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, because I, I endorse what you believe in. I, I endorse vote who you for are. you anyway. But, yeah, generally as a rule, I'm like, nope, not yep. voting for just the one because it's there. <laughs> not going to do it. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we're going to wrap because I do need to go check on my son. I and know. In keeping with our traditions, I don't think we should pause and then just restart. If there was something disastrous, we would do it. But, anyway, we good? Yes, we're good. All go right. vote. And, go vote. Uh, and also, uh, your action step for this week is to subscribe to the Instagram page. Yes. And to maybe tell us how to Instagram. Yes, find us on the Insta machine <laughs> and give us words of we'll wisdom. We'll try and get it figured out. Yes, yes. But yeah, thanks guys for showing up. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.